You're listening to a message from Micaiah Ermler, lead pastor of Southridge Church in San Jose, California. It's one thing to come to church. It's another thing where you feel like you're involved in the church. You're part of it. We call church a family, but it's interesting. I don't know how healthy a family can be if we only show up once or twice a month to our family. This week's awesome message will start in a few seconds. But first, we hope you will stay connected with Southridge by liking us on Facebook or by following us on Instagram and Twitter. Search for the handle at Southridge Now and click the follow button so you can receive uplifting, encouraging content right in your feed. Thanks again for listening. And now, here is Pastor Micaiah. We are kicking off a new series. We kicked it off last week entitled The Home Run Life. And uh, I'm just looking forward to what God's going to do here today. Uh, Thank you for coming back. Or if this is your first time, welcome to Southridge. Uh, I want to help and encourage you to grow this year. I pray that this year will be an exciting year for you. I'm looking forward to all that God's going to do. I think there is great things in store for this year. And I don't know about you, how many of you, you're the type that if somebody, or maybe you've seen this before, you're sitting there at a light and it turns green. There's a car in front of you. It turns green and that car's not going. And you can kind of see the driver's got their head down and their arm out like this. And you could see something happening. Now, I'm just curious who my audience is. How many of you are the type, you're like, you're that way. How many? Come on, let's be honest. Okay, how many of you, you're a little bit more gentle about it? You're like, beep, beep. How many of you, oh yeah, there we go, there we go. Uh, It depends if I've had my coffee or not. How many of you are like, it's all if I've had my coffee? I mean, if I've had coffee, it'll be a beep, beep. If I haven't had coffee, oh man, it's, you know, it's, it's all that, you know? Well, what I'm praying is that you will realize that when we do things at Southridge, that's our way of just kind of a beep, beep, honk. We want to see you go. We want to see you move. We want to see you get involved. We're going to be kicking off a group link next week, which is a new event we've never done to jumpstart our life groups. We want you involved in a life group. We are going to be doing backstage pass. If you're new to Southridge and you're, you're one of those that you're just still kind of checking things out, we want you to get involved, plugged in. And I believe that uh, this series will kind of be that honk, honk, that beep, beep to kind of get you to go, to get you to move. If you're not involved in a ministry, we want to see you involved in a ministry. We want you to make friends, get connected. It's one thing to come to church. It's another thing where you feel like you're involved in the church. You're part of it. We call church a family, but it's interesting. I don't know how healthy a family can be if we only show up once or twice a month to our family. That's kind of tough, isn't it? It's hard to have a real strong family at that point. It's hard, to, it's hard to have a family where you just kind of show up and just take in and you never give back. You know, in my family, it's a little bit different. Everybody's got a job. Everybody's got a part. Everybody does something. Maybe it's making their bed. Maybe it's picking up some trash. Maybe it's helping clean some things. We all have a part in the family. And so you say, well, you just want me to be a part. No, 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 because I believe it helps our spiritual growth. And this series, I believe, is going to impact it in a powerful way. And so we want to use growth tracks. We want to use group link and life groups and ministry involvement to help uh, inspire you, but help you get that good friendship and accountability. You need to kind of keep going and growing for God. So we're in a new series and we ask this question, what does it take to have a home run life? Because we all want to win. Nobody here is, is here this morning saying, yeah, I don't really care if I, if I really succeed in life. No, we all want to succeed at something. Uh, For some of us, we want to succeed at relationships. We just want to be a 
great husband or a, a, a great girlfriend or a great mom or dad. We just want to be uh, good at business. And so last week, we talked about the fact that all of us, in some way, shape, or form, we want success. And it could be in any area. It doesn't necessarily, some of you are like, you know what? If I am worth X amount when I pass away, that's fine. That, that's not really regardless. Success can be any number of things, any number of things. But we said that the home run life, we always picture the home run life. We always pictured success, but we never pictured success by ourselves. We always pictured success and sharing it with somebody else. So we always said when it came to home run, we always thought if there was someone else in our life that we would share it with because success by itself is kind of empty. It's kind of hollow. We want to share our success. We want to, when we get the raise or we get the promotion or, or when something good happens, we want to go and, and, and celebrate with some of our friends. We want to go to our favorite restaurant and we just want to celebrate and we're actually even going to pay for everybody. Now they can only order off a certain menu, but we're we're still paying, you know, we're going to flip the bill for them and everything, but we like to share our success with somebody. And so when we were thinking in our minds, the home run life, whether you are a Christ follower or not, whether you believe in Jesus or not, you have these ideas. You want success. You want to celebrate with someone. But we didn't just think about success. We didn't just think about with someone. There was more than that. We also said that we want to have self-respect. We want when people look at us to respect us. And not just that they have to, but we want them to look at it and say, man, she's got a great marriage. Oh, man, he's a really good dad. Oh, they're a great boss. Oh, she's a great coworker. Self-respect. These are the things that we thought of because at the end of the day, we want success, but we also want self-respect because we want to look ourselves in the mirror and think, wow, not in 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 a bad way, but in a good way. I'm proud of who that person is. When I look in the mirror and when I see success, when I see that I'm with that person and I've got that self-respect, there's just something satisfying about it. It makes that that whole life. But you know what? It didn't stop there. That's not where we stop. When we're asking ourselves the question about a home run life, you know something bigger? We also don't just want to make a dollar. We want to make a difference. We want to one day when we pass off from this earth, and uh, I was just at a worship pastor. His father passed away at 54 years old, and I was at two funerals this week. So I flew to Washington, drove across the state, drove back, flew back yesterday, and uh, was a part of a funeral. And I was at a funeral for a close friend on Tuesday. I went there, and there was a few people there. It was good. But then I went to Jacob's father's funeral. Auditorium's a little bit bigger than ours, about 400 seats in it. Every seat was packed, standing room only. And I just thought, wow, this man, even at 54 years of age, he left an impact. And all of us want that, don't we? You know what that's called? Significance. We all want significance. And when it comes to our life, at the end of our life, these are the things that we want. This is the home run life. This is what we're all kind of chasing, what we all want. These are the things that make up for the home run life. But here's the question. How many times do we actually see somebody who accomplishes all of that? It's rare, isn't it? And we asked ourselves why, and we said last week, the biggest reason why most of us will never see this type of a home run life is because of our culture, how we've been brought up, how we've been raised, what we've heard from the earliest ages, or just the things that we wanted. 
I grew up in a, in, a, in a poor home. So as soon as I could get a job, I was working. If I could get a paper out, I had a paper out. I didn't mind throwing papers, get a couple hundred dollars each month. You know, whatever I could do, I wanted my own money. I wanted to buy my own clothes. I was tired of getting handy downs for my older brothers. And I'm so thankful I didn't have older sisters. That would have been really embarrassing because my parents weren't going to buy me new clothes. So I was like, thank God these are boys, you know. And uh, so when it came to that kind of stuff, as soon as I could work, I started working. And I'd worked as much as I could. My senior year of high school, I did homeschool so I could work a full-time job. I just wanted to work. I wanted to buy my car. I wanted success. Even at an early age, you know what I was chasing? Boom, right there. That's what I was chasing. You see, what happens in life is we tend to run the bases backwards. That's what we said last week. We said the biggest danger to our lives in achieving a home run life is that you and I, we tend to run the bases backwards. We tend to go after success and we tend to shortchange self-respect. We tend to shortchange other people in our life, be it our spouse if we have one, be it our boyfriend or girlfriend if we have it, be it our friends and our family. We will tend to cheat these because why? We're chasing success. And we kind of said, hey, you know what? There'll be a day when I can, I can get all this. There's an old song, Cats in the Cradle, talks about this. We was writing about this song that one day he thought, man, I'll, I'll, I'll make it up to my son one day. One day I'll build the relationship. And then he realizes the time's gone because the Bible says in James, but life is a vapor. It just comes and it goes and it's gone. And yet you and I were so busy, especially in the valley, especially in the Silicon Valley, whatever your, whatever your job is, it's all about get success. It's about climbing the ladder. It's about working the hours. I worked at a tech company in Palo Alto and man, they had showers there. They had a gym there. They had rooms with beds in it. I mean, it was, they had a, had a meditation room. They had whole cafeterias. And I realized they didn't want you to leave. It was like a nice, nice, nice prison. All right, that's what it was. You just happened to get a paycheck and you could leave if you wanted to, but people wouldn't leave. They were just there all the time because they had arcade rooms, video game rooms. They had all this kind of stuff that they just had where you could just live there. You could just exist there. And that's what some people are forced to do. You're forced to work 10, 12, 14 hour days. Why? Because not just that you want success, but everything around you is telling you this is what matters. This is what matters. And so we end up chasing this, but what suffers? People suffer. The marriage suffers. The, the, the relationship with our children suffer. The relationship with our friends, those healthy relationships. Don't discount the relationship you have with your friends. Sometimes we think, oh, it's just my spouse that matters. Oh, it's just this. No, no, good friendships, those are hard to come by. And then sometimes we'll even sacrifice our self-respect. We will compromise on some things that we said we'd never do. I talked to a buddy of mine who's in the military and he was gonna be an army ranger and he started to go down that path and he looked at what it would cost in the, his relationship. He said, I knew I'd have to compromise. He said, as I was in ranger school, I, I just realized that as I started talking to everybody, my marriage will not last. It won't make it. It just won't. And he said what was accepted and what was celebrated as an army ranger, he said it would destroy. And he's a, he's a Christ follower. He loves Jesus. He said it would destroy that. So he said, I had to get out because I didn't want to lose my self-respect in the process to my goals. He said, I wasn't going to get here and not have these. He said, I wasn't going to do it. And we're studying the character by the name of Joseph. And Joseph is this great character. And we met him last week. And let me just catch us up to speed. Joseph was a young man, and when it came to the life of Joseph, Joseph is uh, the son of Jacob. Jacob's dad was Isaac. Isaac's dad was Abraham. So this is out of the, the line of Abraham, okay? So this is Abraham's great-grandson. And uh, Joseph has 11 other brothers, and Joseph is Jacob's favorite. 
And so Jacob, Joseph's dad, gives him a coat of many colors. It was a sign of his position. It was a sign that he had more authority. It was a sign that he was favored. And so he wore this coat and it made all of his older brothers jealous that why does one of our youngest brothers have this coat? Why does he get everything? Why does father like him the best? So they were very jealous. But then God comes to Joseph in a dream and God tells Joseph, hey, Joseph, all your family is going to bow down to you. Well, Joseph, foolishly, at 17 years old, he goes and tells all of his family, hey, not only do I have a really cool jacket, but guess what? God just came to me in a dream and said, you're all going to bow to me. And uh, that, that didn't go over well at all, at all. And uh, so Joseph was thinking, I'm my dad's favorite and I'm God's favorite. This is great. And so we said, Joseph thought, hey, I'm going to choose success, but he missed some things. And we said last week what it takes for home, home run life. We said we first of all have to connect with our creator. So we said, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna start at home base. Home base is all about connecting. You see, baseball, you have to start on home plate. You have to start there. But here's the thing about baseball, if you caught, I may have missed it last week, is that not only do you start at home base, the goal is to get back to home base. That's the goal. The goal is to come back. So here's the thing, life starts with God and it ends with God. You see, we start here with our relationship. Some of you have started a relationship with Jesus. Some of you have not started the relationship with Jesus. Starting a relationship with Jesus is more than just coming to church. It's saying, hey, Jesus, you died on a cross for my sin, and my sin nailed you to that cross. I repent of my sin. Repent means to change my mind. It means to admit that I'm wrong. And a lot of us, we don't like to admit we're wrong. I hate to admit I'm wrong. I, I love to blame. I love to make everybody else's problem. I love to say that I'm a good person. I'm a good person. God knows my heart. No, 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 it's bigger than that. It's saying, no, I'm a sinner. I need forgiveness, and I connect with my creator. And then we said, hey, it's all about building character. It's all about character. We said also that it's about having a healthy community. And then we said, it's all about having people that we can do life with, that we, when it comes to our skills, we have competence. And I'm not going to spell it out because I just can't spell it for whatever reason right now. I told you, as soon as I get up here, I don't know how to spell. I promise you I know how to spell. But as soon as I get in front of you all, I get a little bit nervous. Some of you are scary looking, all right? You're nice, but you're scary looking up here, all right? So we said, hey, we, first of all, we have to connect with our creator. That's home plate. And that's what we said last week. We said it was all about connecting with our creator. Now we move to second base. And that's where we're going to be at this morning, okay? And we, we started out of this verse out of Revelation. Uh, uh, Romans chapter 12 and it says do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to test and approve what God's will is his good pleasing and perfect will and so we see that there's a pattern and our culture is kind of following the pattern what's the pattern of culture it's run the bases backwards but the pattern that God has and this is what we need to get our minds around is a new pattern it's the pattern that says hey I connect with my creator this is why I love that you're carving time on Sunday to be with God and Sunday is the first day of the week this is it and we kind of get to reset our week I love Sundays I love it because I look at hey this is a fresh start what happened last week, I can't change that I can't impact that but this is a fresh week so I'm going to start it with God I'm going to start it with people that I care about. And man, we're going to have a great start to this week. So what a great thing to do. And I hope you make this a habit in your life that you say, hey, there's 51 Sundays left in the year. I'm going to, I'm going to be in God's house. I'm going to come to church as much as I can because I'm going to be there because I'm going to connect with my creator. Every morning, I hope you make time to connect with God, whether it's through prayer or open up your Bible or put a verse app on your phone that just kind of reminds you. So you're connecting with God. We need his strength. We need his power. And we're going to really dive into that today. And then first base is character. This is where we're at. But here's the thing. In baseball, 
about a third of the players up to bat actually make it on base. Only about a third. So many players never make it to first base. Can I tell you what? I know a lot of people we never make it to first base. That character base, that's a tough base. Some of us, we like to just shortcut the character. And you've met the character people. You say, what do you mean? The character people were people that may struggle with their character. It's simple things like this. Do you pay your bills on time? That's a character thing. That's simple. That's small. I know it's small. Or do you end up having a lot of late fees? Do you have a lot of interest payments that you're making on things? You're just, you're just barely making the interest. Or is it something where people know that if you say you're going to be somewhere, they know you're a 20-minute late kind of person. They just kind of know that. So they have to adjust their entire schedule because they know that if you say you're going to be there at 9, they know that they need to show up about 9, 15, 9, 20 because you're going to be about 25, 30 minutes late. They just know that. That's a character issue. That's this. We laugh and we joke and we're nice about it. But at the end of the day, it's a little bit of a character issue. Hey, uh, a character issue is this. Do you say something to somebody and they in the back of their mind are kind of like, yeah, right. Hey, can I borrow some money? I promise I'll pay you back. Yeah, right. I'm going to give you this money, but I know, I know. Hey, I promise I'll be there. You want me there at that party? You want me there at that function? I will be there. And you just kind of know, I'm inviting this person, but I know they're not going to show up. They say that, but that's, it's a character issue. It's somebody who'll start the new year with the resolution and they'll say, hey, honey, this is the year. Hey, uh, babe, this is the year that I'm going to straighten this out and I'm going to do this. And it's amazing. We start well. We start really well. Is your gym crowded? Is your gym crowded? It's amazing. I talk to people that go to the gym, and uh, uh, some of us were like, no, we just gave up. We have a gym at our house. That's what we tell ourselves, all right? And uh, so I'm talking to my wife, and she's like, man, my gym is so crowded right now. She said, it's packed. I was like, oh, it's okay. Just give it another few days. Another few days, it'll empty out in a little bit. And that's sad that we kind of know that because it's a character thing. But here's the thing. First base has battles. First base has battles. And here's what happens. We're not ready for the first base battle. So let's look at what Joseph did when it came to first base battles. If you have a copy of God's word, would you go to Genesis chapter number 39? And let's look at a couple verses. Because we're studying this amazing character by the name of Joseph. And Joseph is a character that God was going to use. And God was going to bless his life. But God had to take him out of his environment. Take him away from his family. He's thrown into a pit. And then he's sold into Egypt. And in Egypt, he becomes a slave. So he goes from up here to down here. God said, Joseph, I want to get you to home base, but I'm going to kind of take all of this stuff away so I can do a work. And maybe that's how you started this year. Maybe you had all these dreams, all these hopes, all these goals, and you just feel like, man, it's been one fight after another. I just feel like my job's gone. My relationship's gone. I just feel like my willpower's gone. I feel drained, and I can't even get this year going. And so let me just help you this morning. Let God's word speak to you this morning. As we're in Genesis chapter 39, notice what Joseph does. God's got a big vision. That hasn't changed. What God's call has not changed. God's call on your life has not changed, but I want you to see something. Now, Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Potiphar, an Egyptian who was one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard, brought him from the, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him there. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered, and he lived in the house of an Egyptian, his master. When his master saw the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household, and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. Here's what's so crazy about this passage. Joseph has been kidnapped, taken from his family. Now he's a slave in a foreign land, and God's blessing him. Isn't that crazy? You see, some of you, you are frustrated 
you're frustrated because you're like, I thought God had called me to more, but I'm frustrated because I know God's favors on me, but I'm frustrated because I'm not seeing the results that, that I want. I know that God's called me to something, but I know that God's called me to run these bases and see success in my life, but man, I feel stuck. And it's hard to reconcile that people that are favored will also be people that are frustrated. Because here's the first lesson, here's the first lesson. The goal in baseball is to get to home base, is it not? That's the goal. So if you can hit a grand slam home run, especially when the bases are loaded, that's exciting. It's like, yes, home run, grand slam, all these players make it to base. But when you hit a home run and you see the ball go over the field and uh, sometimes the ball doesn't quite make it. Sometimes it hits the wall, bounces back. I don't know if one of you saw this. Uh, one time, Jose Canseco, he used to be a player in the 90s for the Oakland A's. Any Jose Canseco uh, fans? Yeah, I remember Jose Canseco. And uh, he he was playing for Texas and he was in Texas. The ball was coming and uh, the ball, he thought he had it, but the sun caught Jose Canseco in the eye and the ball hit Jose Canseco on the head and bounced over the wall and the batter scored a home run because it, the ball hit Jose Canseco on the head. And it kind of goes down as one of those bloopers, one of those highlights, you know, just kind of one of those funny, horrible things that happen. And God wants us to score. But here's the thing. It doesn't make sense that if I'm trying to get here, that I have to leave home base and run away from it. See, here's the frustration for some of you. Some of you, God's called you to something, and he's asking you to leave, to, to, to leave that place that you think this is the best way. Some of you are very logical, and you're thinking, no, no, this is the way that my life should work out. This seems the, the best path, because you and I, we're all about, man, the shortest point between two distances is a straight line, right? We want that straight line. God, just give me a, give me a straight line. I want success. I just want to get there up and to the right. That's what I want, God. And I never want to go in the red. I always want to be in the black. I want to just see success. But here's the thing, what God was doing with Joseph was God was pulling him away from home base, away from where he was comfortable so he could build his character. And God may be doing that in you right now, and you don't understand it. You're like, wait a minute. If God, if you want me on home base, why are you taking me away from it? Why are you making my life a little bit more difficult because God wants you to learn the first lesson and that's that and that's this lesson that character counts so many people will crash their life because they don't have character and we see it all the time you see it in the news you see it in the media you see it with coworkers. you see it with friends they do not have the character to, to sustain the blessing why because they're still tripping up over the simple things in life they can't show up to their job on time hey they can't even keep a simple commitment to their spouse or to their fiance or to their girlfriend or their boyfriend they can't even uh, pay a bill on time but yet now they're supposed to manage a company they want to run a company and they can't do the basics they can't balance their own checkbook I know we don't balance our checkbook. We go to QuickBooks, we figure out something else. But man, I'm going to old school just for a second, you know. It's like we can't even do the basic, but yet we want some, something bigger. We can't even imagine and manage the people in our department, but yet we want to manage the whole company. That's not going to work. That's not going to fly. We can't grow what we have around us, but yet we want to be in charge over everything. No, no. The Bible says he that's faithful in that which is least will be faithful in much. So if you can't handle the little bit that God's entrusted to you, and stewarding that well, God can't bless you with more. And some of you are frustrated because you're saying, God, bless me with more. God, give me increase. God, give me your favor. And God's like, you're not ready for it because guess what? We often pray for things we are not ready to pay for. You see, Joseph was like, oh, I'm favored. God, you're going to bless me. And all of them, they're going to bow down. But then what did it cost Joseph? All of a sudden, he's a slave. For 22 years, he's a slave. For 22 years, he's away from his family. For 22 years, God said, I'm going to build this. We're close to San Francisco. You see all these buildings. They have to dig down deep. They have to work real deep. Now, 
around here, that San Francisco is built on an old garbage heap. So what they do is they have these things that go real deep into the ground because they got to hit stone because that used to be an old garbage heap. Plus, we built the city on a fault zone, which was brilliant planning, just brilliant. And uh, so we already have buildings that are leaning, Millennium Tower, leaning, you know, these things. And so what we need in our character, we want to build and we want to grow. But guess what? God says, I'm, I'm more concerned with this because first base has some battles. You say, what was Joseph's first base battle? And this may be one of your battles, but let me show you this. The Bible says in verse 7, so after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in the house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her, even to be with her. One day he went into the house to attend to his duties and none of the household servants was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak and ran from her out of the house. Here's the first base battle. It's a temptation battle. You see, when it comes to first base, we're gonna have a temptation. Now, Joseph's temptation, it was Potiphar's wife. We all have some type of a Potiphar's wife in our, in our life. It may not be an illicit affair, but it's something. Maybe your temptation is anger. Maybe your temptation is laziness. Maybe your temptation is that you're just a negative person. Maybe your temptation is that you complain. Maybe your temptation is greed, jealousy, lust, lying. You have a problem being honest. Whatever it may be, we all have something in our life. We all have that first base battle. And that's the battle that God is saying, hey, right now, let's kick it. Let's beat it. Let's fight it at the beginning of the year. What happens is, this is a battle we often don't win. Like I said, a third of the people make it on base. A third of Christ followers are making it on base because we're losing the character battle. We're losing it here. If we don't have the character to do what we say or to be who we say we are, then we're gonna struggle to do anything else because this is what's key. And I know when it comes to character, we're kind of like, oh, come on, just get over it. It's not that big of a deal. Actually, it is. It is a big deal. When we uh, make a promise, we need to keep it. And so Joseph, he said, hey, I'm going to keep my character. No matter what, I'm going to keep my character. I'm going to fight for this. Because too often, we will see people, they will destroy their life. Why? Because they don't have character and they lose. Uh, Joseph's dad, his name is Jacob. Jacob had a brother named Esau. Esau came in hungry, and Esau was the older brother. Esau was supposed to be the leader of the family. But Esau traded his birthright, traded everything for a bowl full of soup. He had a pot of his wife. He had something that he traded out. He gave up on something better. Why? Because he wanted instant gratification. And we live in that culture, don't we? The instant gratification. Oh, do I want to get up and go to the gym? No, 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 I'm just tired. I'm just staying in bed because it's warm and cozy here. Oh, it's just nice. I started doing this thing because I need to shock myself. I need to uh, wake myself. So 10 seconds, freezing cold in the shower. Just 10 seconds. I'm like, I'm to start my day, you know? I'm on the Daniel fast. You can't have coffee. So I'm like, all right, ice cold shower. I just got to shock my system, you know? And it's like, okay, I'm ready. I can handle it now, you know? But we got to do the hard things. But too often, we don't like doing the hard stuff. We're just looking for the easy route. What's the, what's the easy route? But here's the thing. We often miss God's blessing because why? We give in for the temptation. And I want to say it like this. I want to look at a pastor. You say, well, where does the strength come from? Because it takes strength to win this battle. So where does the strength come from? And I call this next point, how do we win within? How do we win within? You see, that's the struggle, isn't it? 
And when we win, we want to win. We want to see success. But if we don't get to that first base, how are we going to win? So that's the question we're asking. And this is what happens. You see, many times we'll give in to the temptation. Maybe your temptation is anger. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's pride. And we all have something, right, that we struggle with that, that's on first base. And if you don't know what it is, and if you're sitting here with somebody who knows you well, just ask them. They'll be glad to tell you. Matter of fact, they've been waiting to tell you what your issue is. Don't worry. You have people in your life. They know your issue. They know your first base battle. They will be glad to share with you. We could end the message right now and they could take plenty of time just sharing with you what your battle is so we all have that battle you say well how do I win and it's found in John 15 I was studying this passage this week John 15 you can turn there if you want if not I want to read just a verse for you because it says I am the true vine my father is the gardener he who cuts off every branch in me bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so it'll be even more fruitful you see God is saying hey I want you to win this battle. I want you to win on first base, but it's going to start with something deep, and it starts with being connected to God, connected to him, and so that's God's, Jesus was using this imagery of a plant only gives off fruit if it's connected to something bigger, but here's the thing. John writes, and he says the true vine, which means there are some false vines. There are some wrong things that we connect our lives to, and so I'm going to use a very simple illustration. You see, we all understand that when it comes to God, we want to see his power. We want to see great things. And it's kind of like a lamp, right? We want to see God's power in our life. And we know as soon as we plug in the lamp, as soon as we plug it in, we're going to get power. The lights are going to turn on and great things are going to happen. And so I'm going to plug this in just for a second because we know that when it comes to being connected to God, there's power. We get this. All of a sudden, we plug it in, the light's on, there's power. And that's what we want, right? We want power. We want to see God working in our life because we know we have these battles. We know we want to win these battles. And so you're saying, well, how do I do that? Okay, how do I overcome addiction? How do I come these hangups, these habits, these things that have held me down? And it's like this light. As long as I'm connected to power, guess what? The light turns on. As long as I've got power, the light will stay on. And man, I've got all kinds of freedom. There's power because I'm connected and I've got this light. But here's something really interesting. A lot of us, we drift from the power. We drift from the power and we're like, what happened? And so because we drift from the power, we're not connected. So I write it like this. You maybe want to write this down. It might help you. When we drift from the vine, we'll drift into vice. When you and I drift from the vine, we will drift into vice. You say, what do you mean vice? That's your hang-up. That's your first base battle. That's that thing that's in your life that's a big deal. But you know what? We're in the church, so you know what we're tempted to do? We may not be connected. So I don't know if your phone does this. Mine does. I don't know whose phone wouldn't do this, but you know what we do? We try to manufacture power. It's not very bright. We're like, no, this thing's still lit. I still got power. We're walking around. Everybody kind of knows we're faking it. Everybody knows they're not connected, but we're like, no, 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 I still got power. It's still something. It's not real bright, but it's something, you know, and we try to manufacture power because we know we're not connected. So we go into our marriage, our, our relationships, and we're trying to manufacture power. We're trying to drink a ton of caffeine and anything else we got to take to keep this relationship together. We go into work, and we're like, I can do this. I hate my employees. I hate my boss. But I'll just manufacture power. We try to go into any situation, and we're just kind of like, I will do this on my own. But God's like, hey, hold, here's the thing. If you drift from the vine, you drift into vice. And God is saying, stay connected to me. God wants you to win the first base battle. And we as a church have to win the first base battle. But as soon as you drift from 
God, there's no power. And here's the thing. When your life is powerless, you can do nothing, the Bible says. You can, not that you can do some things. It's God is saying, guess what? You actually can do nothing without me. And God wants you to do great things. See, God wants you to make it to success. God wants you to see you succeed. He wants your family to thrive. He wants your relationship to thrive. He wants your jobs and your business to thrive. He wants you to have success, but he wants you to stay connected. He doesn't want you to go through life just faking it, acting like you've got power. No, he's saying, hey, just stay connected to me. Just stay connected. But what happens is we don't want to stay connected. We don't want to be connected to the vine. Instead, what we do is we say, no, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to, I, I don't care about this character first base battle. I'm going to fight my own. So we become entitled. We become selfish. We become self-absorbed. And we make it all about us. And we just say, no, it's my thing. It's my thing. I'm going to do what I want to do. And God's like, there's no power. And you know what the Bible says? You know what he does to that branch? What does he do? He cuts it off. There's a beautiful tree. We just came through the falls. You know what I got to do to all my trees in the fall? I got to cut them back. I got to cut them back. You know why? Because I want fruit. Sometimes, sometimes, church, hear me now. God does things we don't fully understand. He may take somebody out of your life. He may change somebody or something. And you're like, God, I needed that. And God's like, no, you didn't. They weren't helpful for you. They were not helping you get to where I wanted you to get to. I want you to win at first base, so we need to be connected. So here's the key. If you're going to win within, it's going to be us saying, you know what? I'm going to stay plugged into my source. i got to stay connected to God because that's first base. You see, first base, we're connecting with our creator. We never leave that. And God's like, hey, the character battle, if you're going to win that character battle, if you're going to have the strength to say no to the Potiphar's wives, and we all have something, we all have it, I can go through this room and find yours, but here's the deal. If we're going to see this year become the year that we want God to make this year, then we're going to say, God, I'm going to stay connected to you, connected to your will. I want you to do what only you can do in my life, and God will start forming that character. He will start building those things in. So all of a sudden, we find that we're not as sensitive. We find we're not as insecure. We find that all of a sudden, our identity is rooted in Christ. All of a sudden, we don't get as offended. We don't get as uptight. All of a sudden, we have more joy. All of a sudden, we have more peace. All of a sudden, the relationship in the marriage is getting better. The relationship in the dating is getting better. All of a sudden, our job is getting better. All of a sudden, things are getting better because why? We have character. Character means we show up on time. We do what we say. We have a good attitude. And all of a sudden, nobody's like, oh, I just hate that person. They always have a good attitude. They're always on time. They always do what they say. No, that person starts to succeed. Now they start to succeed with others. But what happens is when we drip from the vine, we're going to drift into vice. So you stay connected to God. So every day. Say, God, these temptations, these battles are too big, so I'm going to stay connected to you this week. I'm going to stay connected to you. And all of a sudden, God starts doing great things in our life, and we start succeeding. Why? Because we're staying connected to the vine. We don't have enough time. We've got to wrap it up. But the third and final thing, and this is it, in the vine is the power to win within. He said, every branch that doesn't bear fruit, I cut it off, but every branch that does bear fruit I prune it. Prune means to cut it back a little bit. We have a decision, church. We can either be cut off or we can be cut back a little bit. People that go to the gym and their fitness, they, they, they have their cut weeks, right? They're like, oh, I'm cutting down. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning up. Why? So they can get bigger and stronger. But you know what we do in our Christian life is we don't let God ever cut anything off, cut anything back. We never let God just say, you know what? What's, what's in my life that just doesn't need to be here? What am I doing that's actually not helpful, not beneficial? Is there a relationship that's not helpful? Is there an attitude? Is there an entitlement? Is there something inside of me that God's like, that's not good for you? 
So I'm going to take that out so I can do a deeper work. Because God wants you to win within. If we don't win within, you can't win anywhere else. Because it'll be short term. It won't be long term. You cannot have a long, thriving marriage relationship if you on the side are dating around and sleeping around. We get that. We get that. But yet we want success in other areas. And we're like, wait a minute, I'm cheating in these other areas. And we're going to have to come back and say, God, if you need to cut off, that's fine. So God is saying, hey, stay plugged into the vine because God wants to produce more in you. That's his goal. If you can trust that God's goal is to produce more in you, and sometimes he'll trim a bunch of stuff away that we think, oh, no, I need all that. All of a sudden, you'll find that you don't. All of a sudden, you'll find that, wait a minute, that was just excess baggage. That was weighing me down. That relationship wasn't healthy for me. That place, those people, this job, that attitude wasn't helping me. And we just say, God, let me come before you and let you just trim some things out of our life. So right now, can we all stand, heads bowed, eyes closed? And we say, God, what's the work that you want to do? God, what's in my life that you're saying I want to trim back? Because we all want to be like Joseph and how he resisted the temptation. Every day, it was the same temptation. Every day, it kept happening. Every day. And he said no, and no, and no, and no. So he said, I'm going to win first base battles. How many of us, we failed at first base battles? And it's costing us. And we know that if I can just win the first base battle, then God can do more through me. And I don't know what your first base battle is. But right now, I'm going to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Some of you may know what your battle is. Some of you may not know what your battle is. But right now, we're going to say, God, reveal the battle. And I want to win within. It starts with winning within. That's where it starts. You've been thinking it's your spouse. You've been thinking it's him or it's her, your job, your boss. It's not them, it's you. We love to deflect instead of say, God, it's in here. There's an old song we used to sing. It's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. And right now, may that be the posture of your heart. Would you humble yourself in your heart? Would you humble yourself and say, God, I'm wrong? Would you humble yourself? The Bible says that if you will humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, that in due season, he will lift us up. And we want to be lifted up. We want to be lifted up in our jobs. We want to be lifted up in our marriage. We want to be lifted up in our place of influence. We want to be lifted up. Well, if you want to be lifted up, you got to humble yourself. It's the ultimate where a Christ follower can humble himself so God can do things that he never thought possible. And this year, you can see God do the impossible things as you step back and say, God, I relinquish my rights. I relinquish my control so that God can do it. We hope you were encouraged by today's message from Pastor Micaiah. If it was a blessing to you, don't forget to share it with a friend or family member this week. If you have any questions, we'd love to hear them. Get in touch with us by visiting SouthridgeSanJose.com slash connect. Again, that's southridgesanjose.com slash connect.